and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up? What's up, David? 98-0, right? After last night? I mean, it's pretty obvious, <laughs> exactly. 98-0. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we've also got Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press joining us for the first time in a little while. Tim, how's it going? I mean, well, I guess, I don't know, I've been busy, you've been busy, something, I don't know. I am uh, all is well. Um, I think Anthony's being silly. They're not going to go 98-0. Dumb. He forgot the six preseason. He forgot the six preseason games. They're going 104-0, <laughs> Anthony. 104. Good point. How could I miss that? Come on. Good job. Actually, that's what we, that's what we have. I think. I think when they get to 81-0 for the season finale, Spoh's going to tank. So it'll be 108 and one. Right. You don't want that kind of pressure. You don't want to carry an 87 game win streak into the postseason. Yeah, like that would be that would be I I think that's excessive. All right, uh, so um, the first topic we have written down here is overreactions to the Heat preseason game. So now that we've gotten our you know our real real takes out, let's let's do some overreactions. Um, Tyler Hero MVP, uh, Sixth Man of the Year. What are we thinking? I mean, I do think wasn't that your wasn't that your my bold uh, prediction going into the year was like yeah. that Tyler would be like a sixth man contender, not that he would win it necessarily, but that he would be a contender for it. I mean, I think that's that's not even an overreaction. I think that that's going to happen. I mean, he's going to average like fifteen, sixteen points a game probably, and any bench player averages that that many points is going to be in the conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was one game. Tyler's had really good preseason games in the past. Um, but it was encouraging. It's better than him going, you know, scoring six points on three of fifteen shooting. Like you, you could see the added muscle. You could see like him working on his in between game. He made like two or three floaters, um, which which he's been which has been emphasis for him. He got to the line what five or six times, six times, which also has been emphasis for him to just get a couple points uh, from the free throw line. So. It was all good things. I mean, he he could he, he could score points. We know that, you know. But he was efficient last night, which I think is probably the most important takeaway from his performance. Yeah, I well, first off, I mean, you got to remember he he averaged fifteen a game last year. Yeah. So you know, fifteen. You know, this year I think would almost be looked at as uh, I don't know, but it's it's unrealistic to think he's going to average more. I mean, is he going to come off the bench and average twenty? For this team, like I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So, I I think people will look at it and and at, at Tyler and I, I I'm still trying to figure out why last season was so bad. Like I mean, okay, he didn't shoot the three well. It's basically a three point shooting. Like that's it. That was it. I mean, he had a bad ten game stretch in March. That was pretty much it. Like I I I mean. That said, if if you're a Heat fan, arrogant, swaggy Tyler Hero is your favorite of all the Tyler Heroes. Like, to me, my still my favorite Tyler Hero moment in the first two years of Tyler in Miami wasn't the sneer. It was when he took that ridiculous pull-up three against Philly. I think it was an yep. overtime at home his rookie year. Yeah, like what a terrible shot! And of course he makes it. It's like, oh my god, it's brilliant. Like, if, if that guy comes back, it's like, it's like Charlie Sheen in Major League, right? Like, you want the leather vest, no sleeve, jagged haircut, Tyler Hero? 
Do you think you Tyler can pull that look off? You don't want suit and tie Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero could pull that look off. Tyler Hero could pull any look off. Anymore. Yeah. I don't know if that was ever in style, but I, don't, I really don't think it's, it's in style. You want guy. You want Wild Thing Rick Vaughn as opposed to, you know, the guy doing speed stick commercials like he was in that movie. And all I just proved was that I've watched Major League far too many times in my life to remember that it was Richard Schiff from the West Wing directing that speed stick commercial where Charlie Sheen couldn't say Odiferous. And if you if you had Odiferous on your Heat Check podcast bingo card, you just won. Tim, I've never watched Major League, but what? That's a conversation for another time. I watch time. it every year, like the week baseball starts every year. <laughs> you guys have the same reaction. That's funny. <laughs> um, to, to your point, Tim, about kind of what was wrong. No, with last no, year. no, no, no. We got to go back to that. <laughs> We, it, we're, we're now off the rails seven minutes in. You've never seen Major League? I've never seen many movies. It's I, pretty good. I, I don't really watch many movies, unfortunately. Like, it's just not something I've, I've done in my life. I, I need to really catch up on, like, pop culture uh, in that department. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very behind, as you can have you, see. Have, have you watched Hoosiers? No. Have you watched, I've watched Remember the Titans. Have you watched Miracle? No. Any of the Ocean's Eleven movies, not counting Ocean's Eight? Nope. Why are we friends? Did, uh, <laughs> do you have West Wing committed to memory? No. no Why are we friends? We literally have nothing in common. Nothing. You don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know who you are anymore. Like, this is this is worrisome. I know. No, I know. Believe me, I've, I've heard it from all my friends that they just don't understand what I do with my life. But, uh, yeah. That's, not, that's just me. Just eating tape. Just eating Tyler Hero tape. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, but anyway, Tim, <laughs> before you shame me more, um, the, <laughs> to, to your point about Tyler, I'm what was the wrong worst with podcast guest ever. <laughs> it's okay. I deserve it. Um, about what was wrong last season with Tyler. Um, I, I agree with you. Like st- Statistically, David, you and I have talked about this, I think, recently. Like It wasn't worse than his rookie year. But I think it's the context, right? Like, the expectations after what he did in the bubble were right. so high and probably, like, unfair. It was unfair to to an extent that anything but, like, averaging 20 points and 46% shooting was going to be a disappointment for him just because of what he did in the bubble. And then also I think the way the season began for him where he was a starter and kind of the thought was he could be the point guard for this team and, and be in a st- full-time starting role, and then that didn't work out and he had to go to the bench and – I think just all of that kind of um, set the tone for him that year. And, and yeah, his, his, his production wasn't bad. You know, it was actually a step forward from his rookie year, but I, I just think it didn't meet expectations. And, you know, guys are always going to be judged against that, whether it's unfair or not. And there's the elephant in the room, too. I mean, he was a 20-year-old kid who's now a 21-year-old kid. Yeah. But, you know, he's dealing with real-world stuff for the first time. He, you know, as everyone has deduced by now, his girlfriend was pregnant last season. And we know that because they're now parents. Congrats to them. But I do think that was part of his struggle last year. I think he's, you know, we we think of these guys as grown-ups. We think of these guys as grown men. Like, there are guys in this league who cannot rent cars. A lot of them. I mean, just think of it that way. Like, we forget how young these kids are. 
yes, they make a ton of money. So we think like the rules don't apply. If, if I was having a child at 20 and I wasn't making three and a half million when I was 20, I'm not sure I was making three and a half dollars when I was 20. Like it's a scary time. I think that was a lot of the struggle. You know, they're, they're you know, you know, Katya and Tyler's daughter is here now and, and he's been saying it for a month, but you know, he's playing with a purpose. He has something to play for. He has a new responsibility in life. I, I just think all the weight that was on his shoulders last year came off and Yes, he's put weight on. You can see the muscle, but I just think happy swag Tyler Hero is I, – I, it's going to be much closer to year one, Tyler, as as opposed to what we saw last year. Yeah, and, and the other – I mean, it's not even an elephant in the room because it's so, like, obvious and people have talked about it, right? I guess the elephant in the room is something you don't talk about. But, the, you know, just the idea of the whole the, – the COVID season, right, where – Anthony and I, talk, and I have talked about this a lot, but the chemistry of the team two years ago, the team that went to the finals, was so evident um, just by, like, standing around in the locker room or whatever. And, um, you know, I'm sure all those guys still liked each other and all that last year just because we weren't in the locker room and seeing how these guys interacted doesn't mean they didn't like each other. But, like, they couldn't, like, spend time together in the same way that they did um, the year before. And, you know, the way that Jimmy, you know, obviously Tyler – was probably would have been good in basically any situation his rookie year, but the having Jimmy there to build him up all through that year had to have helped. Um, and and you know, like you said, that that had to have helped lead to that happy, swaggy, fun loving, fun having Tyler Hero um, that just did not feel like it was there last year. And obviously, Jimmy missed a lot of time last year too with with COVID. Um, you know, away from the team for weeks at a time. Like there, it, it made it for a. 20-year-old um, coming off a – who had suddenly become massively famous in a basically a uh, 12-month window. Um, there, there was a lot of challenges going into last year, and and uh, it's not like a total do-over because, you know, it still counts and all that, but, like, it does feel like we are going to get a lot – you know, this season's obviously going to be a lot closer to the season from two – the season pre-COVID two years ago than it is going to be uh, toward last season, obviously. You know, it's funny uh, that you say, you say the locker room. Like, we weren't in the locker room last year. Remember, half the guys on the team weren't in the locker right, room. Right, exactly. Yeah. There were two locker rooms. Like, that's, again, it just speaks to the weirdness of the COVID year, like you said. I mean, you know, I talked to Duncan a few weeks ago just about how different everything really was, and he said something I never would have thought of, like, the Pat Riley Christmas party is epic. It's it's epic. It's it's. I mean, they spend twelve months in in Heatville finding times when people have screwed up and done something silly, stupid, and funny to put in the team's annual Christmas video, and it is nothing more than just mocking everybody, and nobody's exempt. Like, if there's a way to make fun of somebody in the Christmas video, they do it. Um, Duncan said it. One of the things that, when you look back at last year, that just stunk the most was no Christmas party. Like not even that. Like you couldn't even get together and and do that. So I think there's a lot to what you're saying there, David. That's right. They're just, you know, the Heat culture. Sorry, Frank Isola. Like the Heat culture is built around. I love Frank. I just want to say that. Um, it's built around these guys having relationships. Like it. it they do try not. 
I think family is thrown around like way too easily in sports, but the Heat really tried to do some some things in in that vein, and they couldn't do it last year. And that's one of that's an edge to being the Heat, and they didn't have that edge, and it brought them much closer to ordinary than extraordinary. And I think it's easy to forget that Tyler is still the youngest player on the roster, even including the Exhibit Ten guys. Like. He's, to your guys' point, he's very young still, 21 years old. He's going to be the youngest guy on the roster for 10 years because they have no draft picks. That's a good point, too. Um, And, uh, Tim, I want, you know, you you spoke with Tyler before camp, and and he told you that he wasn't happy at work last season. So, like, that even just kind of solidifies David's point of this. Last year was weird. Like, guys, it wasn't a normal season. It wasn't that fun. Um, And Tyler was one of those guys that felt the effects of that. Everybody was grumpy all year. I mean, they'd have to wake up at 8 in the morning and get down the arena and test. They would have to go back in at 11 o'clock at night sometimes and test. You'd get to the hotel at 3 in the morning on a road trip and have to be downstairs in the testing room at 8.30. Like, I know, and everyone's going to say, well, boo-hoo, they're millionaires. Yeah, I get it. They're millionaires. You can be a millionaire and be miserable. Like, it's just nothing was fun last year. I mean, the reason that the Heat prioritize the stuff like the Christmas dinner or the Christmas party and the Christmas video and team dinners and stuff like that on the road, um, it, it's it's the it's the reward for doing the work. It's the reward for being one of the few teams in the league that still truly has a conditioning test and stuff like that. Um, there was no payoff. There was no way to blow off steam. There was no way to laugh. Like, the mood was yeah, it's not like they were even playing well, year. right? Right. Like, they weren't even playing well for most of the year. You know, and credit to the teams who, much in the same way that you have to credit the Lakers and the Heat and the Nuggets and the Celtics for being the four teams that figured it out in the bubble. You know, credit the Bucks and the Hawks and the Suns and who was the team they played in the West Finals? Um, the... Clippers. Whatever they, they were, they did a great job. Clippers. Clippers. <laughs> Clippers, Clippers yeah. Thank you. Whatever team it was, credit them for figuring it out in a in a very not yeah. fun year. How Because how it wasn't fun for anybody. It wasn't a Miami problem. It wasn't fun for anybody. It's much in the same way you credit the teams in the bubble that went deep. Credit the teams last year that went deep because it's really tough to manufacture excitement sometimes. Yeah, so I, I really don't think it's, you know, we, we joke it's overreaction to the top. I don't think it's an overreaction. It's obviously like Tyler's not going to average like 35 a year or whatever, but, or 35 a game, but um, I, I don't think it's an overreaction off of last night to, to think that we are going to get something closer to that Tyler hero all year long. And, and I think it's just, as you, you kind of mentioned, it's the personality. Like you, he just looks different, right? Like he's carrying himself differently than he did really at any point last year. Um, and... I think just that makes a big difference with the perception of him, uh, as we mentioned, because his, his numbers last year were kind of in line with his uh, rookie year numbers. And you know, let's not forget both teams last night were without their best player. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not reading into, like, th- this doesn't mean the Heat are better than the Hawks or anything, obviously, but but I, I think it's fair to come out of that and feel, feel legitimately good. I see good what you did there, Tim. I was waiting, Anthony. I was waiting. <laughs> What did I do there? Tell the people. Um, the Hawks had Trey. Kevin Herter. So. The Hawks. The Hawks did not have Kevin Herter last night. Exactly. Exactly. Who still uh, doesn't have his extension? Uh-huh. What is Travis Schlenk uh-huh. doing? 
Any other uh, any other overreactions off last night? I mean, I think I think the biggest takeaway. I don't know yet if it's an overreaction or or not. It might it might be it might end up being, but just the pace that he played at with Kyle at point guard, like that that was like evident just from tip. Yeah. Um, and for a team that's been like one of the slowest teams in the league for the past four or five years, um, it, that was a, a change. So I, I'm really interested to see if that continues. Like Kyle has done that, and and I think that's been. That's also carried over, like from practice. He's, he's also set the tone in practice. You know, when it comes to pace, um, Toronto's finished, you know, the top half of the league in pace the last four or five years as well, because in part because of Kyle. Um, and I think the Heat hope he brings that here, and you, we saw it in the opener. But the reason I would say I'm just not ready to say that's going to continue is we've seen this in the past with the Heat. Like start seasons fast. I think last year the first ten games I was looking just now for a story, they were the fifth fastest team in the NBA pace-wise for the first 10 games, and they finished as the second slowest team in the league. Um, so the question is, can they sustain it? We know Kyle wants to play that brand. I think it's going to be interesting to see if Jimmy, how right, Jimmy yeah. kind Jimmy of plays play, that style. likes to play a slow yeah, pace. more methodical. So, you know, if the ball is in Kyle's hands a lot, it, it might just, the Heat might just end up being, like, average when it comes to pace, which is a huge step forward for them. Uh, but if the ball is in Jimmy's hands a lot, I think, you know, it might not be what we think um, as far as, you know, making an improvement when it comes to playing a faster style. Can I give you a league-wide overreaction from the first full night of the preseason? Yes, sure. go ahead. Thank you. I was asking permission. Um, so as we're taping this, it's Tuesday. Monday there were nine preseason games. Teams combined to shoot over 700 threes last night. They averaged 40 per team per game. The record for, I mean, again, one game sample size. Please, everyone, I I get it. Um, Team shot 34 and a half threes per game last year. Last night they shot 40 per game. Uh, The Warriors shot 69. I think they shot like 33 or 32s and 69 threes. Um, And it wasn't Steph shooting a lot of them, by the way. Like, like 85% of the guys who played more than a minute last night shot a three. So if we thought the three-point craze had plateaued, um, nope. From one night, I think we can already see it's going to be even more. And and to Anthony's point that he just made, and well, David said it too, you know, Jimmy doesn't play this crazy pace. And Jimmy also, uh, despite his insistence at times otherwise, Jimmy's not a three-point shooter. So, I mean, obviously he makes them better. Like, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is how what, – what you saw last night against Atlanta, like how does – if the pace slows even a tiny bit with Jimmy, do the Heat not shoot as many threes? Because I think the whole point is you're going to have to shoot – I mean, even the Spurs shot a bunch last night. And Greg yeah. Popovich takes the three. So – you're going to have to shoot a ton of them. How does that work with Jimmy on the floor to get him the touches he needs and get him the trips to the foul line that he needs while staying married to this whole, not loosey goosey, but this, you know, kind of this wide open three for all philosophy. Yeah. And I think Duncan called it controlled chaos, which I think is kind of a good word because it's not like Kyle is the NBA right now. That's true. Or life in general. Life. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, Kyle is not 
the fastest guy in the NBA by any means, right? But he just plays with a pace and is, you know, the, the pitch ahead. I mean, we saw it to Bam last night for like two dunks, you know, just off a, off a rebound, just finding Bam and Bam being intentional, running down the court and kind of knowing that's what Kyle wants to do. The quick decisions, I mean, it's just not even just fast break. It's early in the shot clock. Like how many times last season where the Heat's offense get to like the final 10 seconds in the shot clock and they're just settling for a shot? Like Kyle's getting off the ball really quickly. He's trying to find good offense early in the shot clock. Like that's a, that's all different from what we've seen from the Heat, uh, especially last season. And I'm just, you know, again, I'm just really interested to see how Jimmy kind of works with Kyle because they're kind of different in that regard. As, as close as they are as friends. Yeah. Um, and even as basketball players, I mean, they're two of like probably uh, two of the best two-way players at their positions in the league. In the half um, court, I think they're pretty similar, right? Other than I guess Kyle shoots and more threes, yeah, stuff. yeah. But but I, I just what style is going to prevail, you know? And, and um, last night it was Kyle's. Obviously, Jimmy did not play. Um, but I, I'm just interested to see what what kind of uh, personality this offense t- takes. Yeah, I think obviously they're going to go faster than they were last, than they did last year when you know that point guard position was such a mess, right? It was supposed to be Tyler Hero basically, and it just did not work at all. And you know, obviously Goran was in there, but he's always in and out, and minutes are limited. Um, but you know, so that a lot of times, you know, like Jimmy was the point guard, right? And he's it, probably if you consider him a point guard, like he basically was last year. He's one of the slowest playing point guards in the league, probably the slowest playing point guard in the league. Um, so having Kyle just bringing the ball up, you know, taking whatever X percent of those possessions to bring the ball up, like it's just naturally going to get faster. Like it, it, what were they? I think they were 29th in pace last year. Is that right? Um, 29th, yes. 29th, I think, yeah. And I, it's hard to imagine they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be top 10 probably, but it's hard to imagine they're not going to be in that 10 to 20 range now. This you, do you think they'll be in the top half of the league? Oh, I think so. And and I think you can already see it. Like, okay, like even without Jimmy playing the other night, like, okay, yeah, uh, spoiler alert, Jimmy, Jimmy's going to start for this team. <laughs> so I think it's pretty easy to see already, like, Spo's going to do what Spo does, right? Like, Jimmy and Kyle will start. There's your two ball handlers. And then whoever comes out first, Tyler's going to come in for them. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to have either Jimmy or Kyle and Tyler on the floor. And then the other one's going to come out for either either the first the first star is going to come out and the second star is going to go back in, or you're going to have Gabe in there somewhere. Like you're always not – it's not just always having two ball handlers on the floor, plus with Bam right. being the bonus guy, obviously. But you're always going to have two ball handlers on the floor. But whatever combination you have, Jimmy, Kyle, Tyler, Gabe, you're going to have a change of pace ball handler on the floor yeah. all the time too. So you yeah, I wonder if it's going to be like in baseball, like when you've you've got a guy who's been throwing 98 the whole game, and then you go to the bullpen and bring in a guy who just throws change ups, and you know it throws hitters off balance. I wonder if, how much we're going to that is going to play into this Heat offensive game plan. Or, or, you, or you simply just let Gabe bring it up so you get across the timeline with like 17 or with yeah. like 19 instead of 17. And then, you know, a handoff to Jimmy or something that gives Jimmy two or three more seconds to run the offense that he wants. I mean, those seconds add up. So yeah. it, it's, there, there's you can sort of already just from one game that Jimmy wasn't even in, you can even see what Spoh's going to do with it. Yeah. And one number from last night, again, it's one game, so – don't want to overreact, although that's always fun. Um, with Kyle on the floor last night or on Monday, taping this on Tuesday, 
they operated a pace of 116.7 possessions per 48 minutes, which, to put that into context, the Wizards were the fastest team in the NBA last season at 104 possessions per 48 minutes. So he played incredibly fast with Kyle on, on the court. That, that's not going to continue, obviously. I mean, no no one, no team has ever played at that pace for an entire season, but that just shows you kind of um, the speed that, that that Kyle brought to these offense in the in the preseason opener. And you know what my takeaway was from those two touchdowns that Kyle threw to Bam? They've been teammates for a week. Like yeah. Kyle, yeah, wasn't, Kyle wasn't typical new Heat guy showing up a month before school starts. Like Kyle rolled in on Sunday. Media day was Monday. They practiced yeah. Tuesday. Like there hasn't been weeks and weeks and weeks of getting it done. And I think. Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong, but after the scrimmage Friday, didn't Bam say that like he and Kyle haven't even played together that much in practice? Yeah, he did. They haven't been on the same team together in practice. They they have they have they're they're clicking like this after like five minutes together. Like everything everybody wrote all summer, the hottest take all summer was that Kyle Lowry's gonna make Bam Adebayo better. Well, duh. Yeah, I mean yeah. I think it's pretty yeah. obvious he's the guy who's gonna benefit most because he was not, again. He was not playing with a point guard a lot last year, and yep. you know, those, it makes it a lot easier to get those. Uh, you know, it's harder to run the pick and roll, obviously, which is a huge part of NBA offense. And you're not. He wasn't getting those easy buckets in the same way last year. That he's yeah, got with Kyle Lowry. Yeah, and and you know Tim made the point of like this this speed creating more threes. It's also like we just talked about. Like it's going to create more easy baskets for Bam. I mean, Bam is more athletic than pretty much every center he's going to go up against um, in the league. So if he knows that Kyle can get him get him the ball up court, he's going to run and beat that center down. Or if a small guy is back there, he's just going to post him up, get position, and get an easy layup. So I think I really think Bam is going to be a big beneficiary of, of you know, what Kyle likes to do. Um, and, and, again, we saw, we saw it last night with two – well, one highlight alley-oop and then one uh, pitch-ahead pass for a dunk early in the game. When do you think we're going to see all three of these guys play together? Is that going to happen sometime this preseason? Um, yeah, they play two national TV games. I think yeah. that's going to be it. Okay. Because that's obviously, you know, it's, you can only read in so much from last night, right? That right. That's what we got to wait and see. I mean, they weren't, again, like the Hawks didn't have Kevin Herter. <laughs> How much can you read from that game? Um I think they'll do a dress rehearsal at one of the national TV games. I don't think Kyle will play all six games. I don't think Bam will play all six. Um, Obviously, Jimmy won't since he's already sous-chefing during some games. We'll get into that later. Um, It's – but I also wonder, too, like, you know, I I get that everybody sees everything and every game's on TV and there's no secrets in the NBA, but, like, how much is Spo going to want to show, like, what's really working? I mean, will will I? I almost could see like the the quote unquote starting five for this team playing together for like twelve minutes in the preseason. Like PJ Tucker tweaked his groin last night. Yeah, do we right. see PJ Tucker again in the preseason? Might not. Might not. Right. And and that's not alarming. That's. Kind of the NCAA, definitely the heat way. Yeah. Right? Just being cautious with a 36 year old, you know, like 
why take the chance, right, with a growing? And you didn't get him for November. Right. Not him for May. Like, that's the whole point. And that's that's going to be the yin and yang. And Spo has been through this so many times, you know, the big three teams and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's a you can't skip steps, as he will say. Um, but this isn't about starting eight and two. This is about finishing four three. Or yeah, the, the, or or the, the reason I put this question on the outline was because I thought Spo's answer to a question um, after the game was pretty interesting when he was asked about Jimmy sitting out um, and then, you know, whether he wants to find some continuity with that starting group, especially the that trio of Bam, Kyle, and Jimmy. Spo said, I mean, we don't need to. We've already been finding that continuity in practice. Right. Um, so I, I really wonder, like you said, Tim, like I, knowing Spo how he likes to play, you know, hide things until the last minute or until he really needs to show it. I wonder if he staggers, like, guys this this preseason. Like, next game, Kyle doesn't play, but Jimmy and Bam do. And we might not see these three guys together until the opener. I mean, I just – I would not be shocked by that. Tim, you mentioned it, and this is where we should probably finish on the uh, – on game one preseason talk. Um, the one thing I know we all really wanted to talk about these this whole 30 minutes we've been recording is Bam Adebayo's mid-game snack. Uh, <laughs> at some at some point, with, Tim, you you were the one I guess who spotted it. You want to you want to you want to you want to tell the story? Yes, I broke sandwich gate. I finally broke something. So I was down. I was I was I was near the bench. Let's say around halftime. I was near the bench area. And noticed that, you know, Bam was one of the last to come out, had no interest in warming up, so you knew his night was over at that point. Um, And then Jimmy's coming out, and he's yelling for Bam. He's like, Bam, 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 Bam. And he's carrying something in a napkin. And so you can see that, like, it's food. It's obviously food. I'm thinking to myself, it's got to be a sandwich. If it's a sandwich in the NBA, it's got to be peanut butter and jelly. So Bam gets the sandwich, and, like, Spoh's, like, walking by him, and, like, Bam's trying to, like, conceal the sandwich. Then Spoh smiles, and Bam smiles. I don't know if Spoh was smiling at that or not. Like, and I'm certainly not going to – I'm not going to be the one who asked Spoh what he thought of peanut butter and jelly gate. But, you know, Bam's night was over, so he decided it was time to get his post-game, post-game dinner. And – Jimmy brought Bam a sandwich. And, you know, I debated whether or not to ask about it post-game. Um, Bam tried to lie, I think, for about five seconds. They knew we had him, and then he owned it. He's like, yeah, PB&J. And that was that was my highlight of the uh, post-game. That was my and, – and by the way, I left in the, I left in the like, middle of the third quarter of that game because – Frankly, there was just no point to staying anymore. Kevin Herter was. She sort of just knew what was coming. I, I, I think this is going to become a whole ongoing theme all year. First of all, with PJ Bam and Jimmy, you can have a whole PBJ right there. Yeah. You can do the whole PBJ thing. Anthony, as we all know, um, shout out to the podcast sponsor, Uncrustables by Smuckers. Anthony, <laughs> huge proponent so of the Uncrustables family. Um. I take tried, three. I take take three with me in my backpack per game. By the way, I tried one recently for the first time. Not bad, not bad. 
I'll you have to try. The, you have to try the Nutella one, Tim. I don't know if you've tried it yet. Oh, but. the Nutella one is. I, I, I'm a like that could get. That could get dangerous for me. I would put I would put Nutella on steak if it wasn't frowned upon. Like I, I would. That's <laughs> good on like, it. Like two great tastes that taste great together. But yeah, so that was the big bam sandwich story last night. Um, I'm since yesterday was National Taco Day. I guess I'm surprised that. The good people at Big Face Coffee didn't bring like a fajita platter out to Bam or something like that, but um, still sizzling. <laughs> I think we know that Jimmy is going to uh, offer peanut butter and jelly sandwiches now at, at the uh, at a Big Face store coming near you. He was wearing Big Face sweatshirt last night. There's now Big do Face. Do you think it's like a Big Face secret recipe? Like, do you think he's got some twist in there, like an artisanal peanut butter and jelly? You've seen the hints, like, on, on his Instagram, right, that, like, he's now studying, like, the beans and the water and this and that. I I hope it's not, like, so in the bubble, and I was told that this was a Disney perk. So in the bubble, they had, like, it was, like, on the menu, it was, like, a special item, like the Disney peanut butter and jelly with the artisan bread and that whole bit, homemade peanut butter, the whole thing. So one night, get home from a game, or home, get back to my room, which was home for three months, from a game. There was, like, the media dinner ended at, like, 7.30, so I ordered a PB&J on room service. It was the worst peanut butter and jelly sandwich I ever had in my life. How? The bread was wrong. The peanut butter was like that supernatural stuff. I, I, I... I don't, I, I, at the time I was 46 or 47 years old and I didn't realize at that point in my life that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich could be disappointing. It was. I'm down on the Disney PB&J. I'm very down on it. Artisanal PB&Js are not usually great. You just got to stick with the base. I I just think basics, you got to stick with that. I mean, why, why go overboard with it? That's the beauty of it. I went to one in New York once because apparently Jerry Seinfeld went there sometimes, and it was pretty good. I got the one named after him, but uh, yeah, just a regular old peanut butter and jelly is pretty good. By the way, did you see Tyler Hero was also wearing a Big Face Coffee sweatshirt post game last night? So I did see that. Yes, I think it's becoming a thing where guys are going to advertise for Big Face Coffee for free merchandise and free coffee. Well, there's no he's not giving away free coffee. Maybe he can sponsor this podcast. Do you think he gave away the peanut butter and jelly for free, or did Bam owe him 20 later? All I know is that the stories in the bubble about him charging $20 for coffee were very real. And Goron told me that he did not offer change. Like, if you had a 50, you were tipping Jimmy 30 bucks. Well, Jimmy said he got a, he got a couple hundreds from guys, and he no, didn't take anything from change. He was not offering change. It is taking everything in my power right now to not do a Jerry Seinfeld talking about peanut butter impression, by the way. <laughs> everything in my power after David said that. Might as well, Tim, at this point. I'm not. I can't. I think we get sued. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> Why wouldn't we talk about peanut butter? Why would they name one for me? Let's wrap up uh, with the GM survey. The GM survey from today, uh, Eric Spolstra, the, the big heat-related thing in there is Eric Spolstra voted as the best coach. 
uh, in the NBA. Um, not super surprising, but I guess at the same time kind of surprising considering how the Heat season ended last year, but just a, uh, a reminder that uh, Spo is still as good as it gets. Yeah, he definitely has the respect of his peers. <laughs> Second straight year he's been voted that. Yeah. Um, so even it was like kind of a no brainer after the bubble year, it kind of felt like, right? And then right, yeah, this year was more surprising only because of the way last season ended um, for them and how and how last season went. But that that just shows you how good you know how good people think Bo is. But the other big um, t- heat takeaway from the GM survey was um, that they voted Kyle Lowry as the biggest as the addition with the most imp- uh, that will make the most impact. Um, this year. So they were big fans of Spo, big fans of the Heat's offseason moves. I was stunned that the player with the most impact winner was not Russell Westbrook. Not because I think that's the case, because I don't. I thought the GMs would say. And again, Do GMs like knows. feel that way about Russ still, though? Like, Tim, you're, you're more plugged in around the league than we obviously I think, are. I, I, no, I don't think they look at Russ as Right, I, I I would assume they don't view him as like a top twenty guy or whatever. A guy who averages a triple double, but is perceived to chase the triple double, like for some reason it diminishes it. Like I don't care how you get your ten points, ten rebounds, and ten assists. If you've got ten, ten, I mean that's a pretty good night. Um, I I just think it's funny that. I, I just think it's funny that there obviously is at least one team out there that did not like the Kyle Lowry acquisition so much that they went to the league and complained about it. Um, and yet the overwhelming majority of general managers, again, in a, so everybody knows it's a blind poll conducted right. by NBA.com. So it's really released by Turner sports, but let's face it. It's an NBA thing. Um, I mean, it was pretty, I think it was, I don't have it in front of me, but wasn't it like wasn't that like the seventy seven percent one? Yeah, it was like seventy seven percent or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so twenty two of the twenty nine GMs who could have voted because I don't think Andy could have voted for Kyle, right? If I understand it right, so um, that that's pretty one sided. Um, Spo being voted as the best coach, what's? I mean, it's either him or Pop. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's pretty clear. Um, I, I thought I thought picking the Lakers to win the West was interesting. I, I think I that's just LeBron, right? That's just like LeBron trust. I think that's the it's the don't give him another hashtag. Um, <laughs> like I'm still trying to figure out who said he was washed. Like has washed King been like a three year hashtag because of something Skip Bayless, professional hater, said about LeBron? I was gonna say it has to be Skip. It has to be Skip. Like who's nobody said he was washed, nobody, and I, and I don't even know where people are saying the Lakers are too old. I think people have pointed out accurately that they could be the oldest team in world history, but I don't think anybody said that means they're too old. I mean, LeBron is still a top five player at whatever he is, fifty or sixty-two or whatever he is. What is what is he? Thirty-seven. It's crazy. It's crazy how good he is. saying they're too old. I think what people are accurately saying is, does Dwight Howard really help them at this point? Like that's fair, but nobody's saying they're too old. So yeah, but I right. think I think there's a certain extent of that. Like don't don't poke the bear by not picking the Lakers to win the West. So I think that probably figured into it somewhat. I also find you think- poll, I find this poll to be as useless as the ACC football preseason media poll. 
because it never really seems to work out right. Yeah, it never goes as the way they predict. Yeah. But the Heat were predicted to finish third in this poll this year. So I guess, you know, when we have the conversation of where he's going to finish between three and, like, six, GMs think the Heat are going to finish third. So that's good news for Miami. Or maybe bad news, Tim, because it never it never, it never pans out. I, mean, I think um, it's pretty fair. I mean, you put, you put, what, Brooklyn one, Milwaukee two, Miami three right, right now? Isn't that pretty yeah. fair? Yeah, Philly four. Philly four with an asterisk because I still want to see, like, like they can't just not have right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Boston. Boston. You would also have to mention right. I know they had an even worse year than the Heat last Atlanta, year, but and Atlanta probably. Like I think I, I don't think I don't think Atlanta's a top four, but I think they could. I don't think so either. But you could see out of respect for them, like making sure. the East Finals, like deserve. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this in a pod to be named later. But you know who my the team that's better than you think in the East is. Who? Cleveland. The Fighting Dragiches. The fi- Fighting Dragi of Toronto. Yeah, I, I guess that's the other coach you probably could have mentioned in the best coaches in the league, right? Nick Nurse. Oh, yeah. But especially after missing the playoffs, like he wasn't going to. But well, that wasn't on him. I mean, they. No, I know, I know, I know. But they, just, they, in, they, the, they, in the poll, you know, re- even NBA GMs have recency bias. Right. No, no, of course they do. But the Raptors, I mean, what did they play last year? 72 games? So I think they got their hoped-for result in, like, 68 of them. I think they went, like, 14-4 and four in the games where they tried and 0-40 and oh and 40 in the games where they tanked. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> but he is a heck one of a coach. One last thing on the GM survey. What did you what did you think, Tim, David, about the no-heat players getting votes for being the best at their positions? Like, Kyle didn't get a vote. For best point guard, Bam didn't get a vote for best center. Jimmy didn't get a vote for his position. Not surprising, right? Like, I mean, Jimmy is the best. Like, so the thing, like, people always get kind of annoyed with like these things. We're like, oh, how is this guy never, you know, how is he not get any votes or whatever? How does he not get? How has he never gotten a first place MVP vote or anything like that? But like, you know, there's thirty play, there's thirty guys voting in this, and if they're just picking their number one, they're not, like, ranking them. Like, I don't know, Jimmy plays at the deepest position in the league, right? Like, are you putting him over any other forward? It's like, I don't think anyone would say he's the best player in the league. Um, obviously, center is, is stacked now, too, with, with Jokic and, and Embiid um, being, like, the clear-cut top two. So, like, Bam's not going to get votes. And then point guard again. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're all top ten at their position and, in some cases, better, but... Uh, not a surprise to not see them get votes there. I, I just want to know who the guy was that well, be two guys. I mean, who voted Giannis at the center and who voted Anthony Davis at the center? Like, why are you doing that? Like, if you want to make the argument that Giannis plays the five, he doesn't, so why vote for him there? Like, again, it's just silliness. Like, I mean, I love how LeBron is in on what was I know, point guard <laughs> three positions. He's in. The, he's the third best point guard. So is Giannis too. Three positions. Second best yeah. small forward. Second best power forward. Giannis is getting votes at center, power forward, and small for, and small forward. Did he get votes at small forward? Yes, he yeah. did. Uh, looks like he probably got one. Yeah. It would have been one. Yeah. This is just. I mean, you got Steph at point wild. and shooting guard. Like, Steph, Steph's getting votes at shooting guard. I mean, come on. Yeah. 
Does yeah. this mean I can put LeBron on my as a point guard on my all NBA ballot? So that's that's I'm just gonna say that. It really <laughs> bugs me that we've got to vote by position. Right. If, if the guy gets GM votes in the GM survey, he should be eligible at that position. For real. Yeah. I'll make it easier on us. Come on. <laughs> so can I I'm can I reveal something? Speaking of all NBA voting and voting and stuff like that. I was a um the NBA seventy fifth anniversary team voter. Oh. Nice. When does that come out? We'll have to get you on for that because I'm I'm excited for that. I, I'm actually it's, it's actually going to be I believe it's this month. It, I think originally it was widely reported that it was going to be the All Star game. I think it's going to be this month. Our, I think they said before the season, game. Tim. Right? Yeah, I think so. Our ballots were due like two weeks ago. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for that to come out. I, and by the way, so I can't say what I did, but when the time comes, like I'll explain why I did right. what I did. Um, there's no, I, there's no huge, there's no huge snub or anything. I just, some people, like we didn't, I can't get into it, but I, 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 I will say this. <laughs> I, I can you say want this. to get into it so bad. I want to get into it so bad when it comes <laughs> out because it's going to be, I think, I think some of the things that are going to happen are really, really wrong, really wrong. But I'll get into that. And by the way, it's not weighted. It's not ranked. Right. So did voting for that, you just voted for 79, 75 names. Is that how it works? 75 names. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if you could rank them or anything. Here's my question to the two of you. Christopher Wessenbosch. Top 75? Off the top of my head, I'd say no, but I'd have to, like, look at the full list. Off the top of my head, I think I would say yes. But Anthony is right. It's, close. <laughs> it's right on the edge. Five I mean, when you dollars get... for you, Anthony. Five dollars for you. One peanut butter and jelly sandwich from Big One Chips. Lunchable or whatever they call it. Un- un- Uncrustable. Actually, I'm looking at the list. Make sure I voted for him. Real, real quick, Tim. Okay. Can I even ask you this? I don't even know if we can answer this. How okay. many? I can. Well, you probably can't answer this. Probably Dave and I have to talk about this, but. How many Heat players do you think will be on the list, or former Heat players? Well, I can, let's go through the list and see how many I put on. I can say that. I shouldn't, but, you know, I'm going to. Um, uh, Walter Ray Allen Jr. is on the list. I'm just going through these. There's some alphabetical, and then there's some stuff at the bottom. So it's, uh, I'm going through alphabetical for now. No Chris Bosh. Uh, James LeBron will be on there. Um, by the way, I'm told he made the team, just so you know. Right. I believe that, that we're breaking that story. Uh, Shaq. Um, uh, Dwayne. Uh, can we count Bob McAdoo? Nah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Billy Cunningham is a former Heat executive, um, but he made he's on my list. Um, ben, uh, Christopher Bosch, Gary Payton, of yeah, course. There's, there's the, a couple, yeah, Payton, I guess. Would be and enough. Alonzo Mourning made my list. Interesting. I was very... Um, I actually kind of like 
I want to say I wrote code, but I didn't really write code because I can't write code. So I'm not that smart. But there was actually like a formula that I used. Okay. And uh, Zoe was Zoe was close, but Zoe made it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to like do a deep dive on this when it comes out. I guess later this month, and we'll have oh. to have you back for that, Tim. Over um, year seven, based on his summer league performance, was 77 on my list. <laughs> he was the greatest player I ever saw for those two weeks. In honor of his jersey number. In honor of his jersey number, exactly. All right, you can follow Tim on Twitter at ByTimReynolds. Um, lots of NBA stuff these days. Obviously, all your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, scoops are available there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Uh, just go to MiamiHerald.com and click on things about the heat, and there's a lot of it. Subscribe to your paper, people. Yeah. Worth the 30 bucks. I think it was local journalism day or something yesterday. So uh, good timing for that. Absolutely matters. So I think. Especially in this city right now, by the way. Just FYI. But more for a rainy day on that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening. And we will talk to you guys next week.